0: Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Well, on today's program, and I always say this, when you see us on this particular part of the set, you know we have a special guest. So I'm very excited to introduce to you our guest for this program, Derek Sloan. Derek, welcome to the program.
1: Glad to be here.
0: Thanks for having me, Bill. It's great to have you. Now, folks may recognize the last name, sloan because uh your dad dr david sloan is a regular contributor on our program and uh and gives us some very practical you know health advice and so uh we just want to let folks know that you are one of his three sons right
1: absolutely yeah guilty as charged
0: (laughs) and so we, we we love having your dad on the program and i was i'm excited that uh our schedule worked out to be able to have you on the program also and so I'd love to just to start by having you introduce yourself to folks. And I'd like the folks to get to know a little bit about you. So, you know, where you were born, you know, know, where you grew up. And um, I was reading your book last night. We're going to talk about that a little bit longer. And uh, a little bit later, we'll talk about that. And uh, yeah, so just start by telling us, sort of introducing yourself to our viewers. Sure. Uh, I
1: was born in Ontario in the 80s. I was born in a small town in southern Ontario called Simcoe. Um, my family moved from there to the country uh, when I was about six years old, so my, myself and my three brothers grew up uh, in Waterford, so just sort of south of Brantford, Ontario. We ultimately moved to, to uh, Curtis, which is just outside of Oshawa, uh, when I was in high school. I attended a uh, private Christian high school. My parents wanted to move to Oshawa, so or the Oshawa area, so my brothers and I could attend this, this high school. Uh, so we went, we went there, the name of that high school is Kingsway College. I ended up going to school for my undergraduate degree in the United States, Northern California. I came back to Canada uh, after finishing that degree, uh, eventually got married and, and sort of settled down. I ended up going back to law school here in Canada at Queen's University. And after uh, practicing law for a period of time, um, I was elected as a member of parliament in uh, in eastern Ontario, Hastings, Lennox, and Addington, and I spent several years as a member of Parliament in uh, serving in Ottawa.
0: Well, you you cram you've crammed a lot of a lot of stuff into a, a you know you're you're a young man you've yeah. crammed a lot of stuff in your in your book and we're going to get a chance to talk about your book and uh, um, you talk about those early years living in the country and how that was really impactful and you and if I'm not misreading how it really shaped you and. And taught you some lessons. What were, you know? What what did it do for you living, you know, in the country?
1: Sure. Uh, well, you know, a lot of uh, up until very recently, almost everybody in the world grew up in a rural environment. Yes. And there's a lot of uh, lessons that you can learn there. Um, you know, uh, living living in a rural environment is a, is a very real experience. It's what humans have experienced for for most of history. Um, in in uh, you know city environments, everything is sort of there for you. Um, but uh, when we lived in the country, we had a lot of chores to do and we had, uh, you know, to split wood for, for the winter and cut a lot of grass and do all kinds of things. So um, it, was, it was a good, um, it was good for myself and my brothers to sort of learn the work, uh, like a, a real work ethic, working with your hands and, yes. and getting things done. And um, so I think that gave me a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of good, good lessons. I live on a property very similar to the one that I grew up on right now. And I find that being able to you know, connect with nature and, and you know, work with your hands is something that can keep you very balanced and can give your, you know, your kids useful things to do. And uh, during uh, COVID-19, when everybody was locked down, one of the advantages of living, on, uh, li- living in a rural area is, is you know, my kids didn't even really notice that things were going on. They were still right. able to go outside and play uh, as they were before. And so there's a lot of advantages to that.
0: I know you excelled in school. You did uh, you did very well in school, and um, at some point you make reference to that. You know that wasn't necessarily I don't appreciated by some of your by some of your classmates, right? And uh, it could have ma- you know made life a little bit you know tough for you. Want to tell us a little bit about? Uh, well, I
1: mean, I grew up in an era where uh, you know doing well in school wasn't considered the cool thing to do. Right. And so now I should say when I was at Kingsway College that, you know, that was a little better. But in in the public high schools at that time, um, that was it was not cool to be, you know, asking questions or uh, doing well. Um, So, you know, I tried to, you know, moderate that a little bit. My grades were still decent, but uh, my parents were a little concerned. And so they they, that was one of the reasons why they wanted me to go to uh, Kingsway College. Um, But, uh, you know, things things have changed quite a bit, I think in our society, but uh, in in my time in going to high school, there was a lot of, you know, there was some sort of, uh, you know, bullying and that kind of thing, but doing well in school was not considered, uh,
0: you know, a cool thing to do. <laughs> uh, just, you know, uh, full, exclo- uh, you know, f- uh, full openness here. Both of my kids, both Josh and Rebecca, graduated also from Kingsway College. Amazing. Are graduates of Kingsway College. It's a wonderful school if you're considering a uh, uh, a values-laden curriculum, Christian-based curriculum. Kingsway College in Oshawa is an excellent, excellent choice. My, both of my children uh, had a very positive experience at, at, Kingsway, at Kingsway College. Now, I read something in your book yesterday as I was preparing that troubled me a little bit as a Leafs fan that you're a, you grew up as a Pittsburgh Penguins fan.
1: That's, that's right, the, the news is true. <laughs> I would say my fan level is, is waning uh, the last few years, but um, actually one of the, one of the kids in, in, a, in a local school, one of the kids in my church at the time was a big Penguins fan. And uh, this was in the day of, you know, Mario Lemieux yes. and Yarmur, Yager and so on. And so it was very natural for me to, you know, kind of uh, adopt that. And so, uh, yeah, I was a big Penguins fan. I, I just got out my hockey card set the other day uh, to pass on to my son. So he's nice. fascinated looking at looking through those. But, um, you know, hockey was a big, a big thing for us. We had uh, our we had a above ground pool and also a pond on our property. Both would freeze. And so we played hours of, you know, pond hockey. Uh, even the upper room of our, our barn was was like a wooden floor. And so we would get our rollerblades on and like oh, wow. spend hours just skating around and and uh, playing hockey. So we did a lot of that. My dad, of course, is a Leafs fan. We generally get along. We just, you know, don't <laughs> talk about teams too much. But yeah,
0: uh, I had already made know. the invitation for you to be here. So I would feel bad. I felt bad calling you and telling you I was going to not have you on the show. But no, obviously, just kidding. Um, obvi- your uh, your Christian upbringing was also very important to you, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. So my parents were, were very serious about their faith. And they brought us up uh, in an environment, you know, that reflected that. And uh, you know, I thank them for that. I, th- I think that uh, you know, it's very easy to sort of go with the flow and get sucked into, uh, you know, the general currents of society. But you know, there's something about um, you know the Christian faith that um, you know charts a straight course. And whatever the, I mean, there's there's a lot of things going on today that are different temptations than were going on when I was in school. Yes. Um, but I, you know, sort of was able to to, to move beyond that and uh, you know, charted a course for you know, success and and values. And a lot of that comes from my upbringing.
0: And in fact, you met your wife, who's your wife now, at a Christian uh, fellowship at, I think, York University, was it?
1: Yes, yes, so I met my wife at a school I wasn't attending and at a club (laughs) I wasn't a member of. But I I attended this club once, they had a guest speaker there, a a missionary from South America. And uh, so I ended up meeting my wife there it was another couple of years before we actually started dating, but we we had a, we had uh, that was our first uh, encounter, and uh, uh, it was very very glad to have gone that day. Looking back,
0: now I was reading. I, was it is it true that your sort of your first date you went out witnessing together?
1: Yeah. So so at the time I was very into sort of um, you know spreading the gospel in different ways, and I would have little you know like tracts or, or pamphlets that I would use. But I one thing that I found, and and I believe is still true today. Um, most people are very open to kind of you know talking a little bit about yes. that stuff, and, and particularly being offered to pray, to be prayed for. Right. In fact, I I don't think anybody ever turned down an offer for me to pray for them, and so um, so you know I would do that from time to time, and uh, you know try and really uh, you know share share the message. Even on the streets, it's very easy to just kind of talk to people and 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 share some share some truth.
0: Yeah, that's incredible, and, and I think you're right. I think uh, uh, you know, there are a lot of people suffering. I mean, uh, my brother happens to be in the hospital right now, and uh, you know, you visit a hospital and you see, you walk out of the hospital thinking, "Boy, I think I got problems." There's so much suffering, and uh, we know that prayer goes a long way. And that's, so I, I just thought that was incredible that uh, you you would act, you know, you'd be very active in you know, in your faith, which I think is something as Christians. We sometimes have a reluctance to. We love to, you know, we love to preach, but the living of our faith, right, uh, be, is an area that sometimes we don't, we're not as open to as we as we probably as we probably should be.
1: Yeah, you know, and a lot of people want to hear. Uh, a lot of people do want to have, um, you know, sp- someone who has a spiritual grounding speak into their life. Um, I think a lot of people who've maybe never done that before think they have to kind of jump to a, you know, are you saved? You, yes, know, you believe yes, in Jesus. Yes. You don't really have to do that, yeah. but there's definitely ways that you can, um, you know, bring God into the conversation and, and let people know that God's in control. Yeah. And I haven't met anybody who has jumped down my throat right. for, you know, bringing up God and right. his and His plans and, and that kind of thing. People people like to hear that, whether yes. they really believe it or not. Yes. They yeah. like to know they like to see someone who does believe that. Yes. And so if you can be that in somebody's life, that can be a powerful thing.
0: As you mentioned in the intro, sort of later on in life, you went to Queen's University. You, yes. you went to law school, right? Absolutely, yeah. And your wife was studying at, was at York University? Was she at York doing? Yeah, so, so she- well, um, then She tra- She was able to transfer. Yes, me. that's yeah. right.
1: So we kind of both, we, so we, we both went back to school after we were already adults and- And, and-, and had
0: ch- you had- yeah.
1: So one. So we had. Yeah. So we had. We had one child. We had one child who was, I think, six or so months old. And uh, so we applied to. We applied to some schools. I just wanted to apply to a school that was close. I didn't want to, you know, uproot our family. And she applied to the school she went to undergraduate for. And so we both ended up. Neither of us necessarily thought we would get in, but we both got in. And so she was actually able to trans, uh, transfer her her uh, acceptance from York to Queens, which worked really well. And they happened to be on the same curriculum, and not all schools were on the same curriculum. So it was really an answer to prayer that we could, you know, transfer to the same school and then, you know, attend there with our families for three years. And we started with one kid, ended up with three by the time we were done a few years later. So we we did it all. So you
0: managed law school, raising three children, your wife in school also at the same time. That's...
1: Yes, so, right. so, we, so we did a lot. And, Not a lot uh, of
0: spare time.
1: That's right, that's right. So, yes. so you know, we, 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 I don't know if I would do it again, looking forward, but it, we, we managed it and, and it was a, it was a good, good option for us too.
0: You have three young children. We do. Uh, as a father raising three young children, what, what are some of the things that keep you up at night?
1: Well, the oldest is only nine, so I don't get kept up as, at night too much right now. Um, but you know, kids are, raising kids is, is a very unique experience as, as anybody knows who's, who has children. Um, and you know, you, you know, kids are different, right? I mean, you, people think, oh, you know, whatever my, you know, I'm going to be able to, my kids are going to be just like me and I'm going to be able to, you know, tell them what to do. Kid, kids have different personalities. They have their own goals, they have their own agendas. And so you kind of have to work with, you know, who your, who your kids are, um, you know, we've been we've been homeschooling our kids for the last couple of years, Okay. and we've found that to be very um, beneficial. We had them um, in a in a Christian school at one point, and then during COVID, we had to do homeschooling anyways. Um, and we just found it worked well with our with our lifestyle and so on. And so I feel like that has really given us an edge up. Even um, you know, even in a Christian school, we found that you know maybe it was just our kids were tired from all the activities, but we just found like. There was a there was a bit of an attitude, uh, you know, that was that was that was developing in, in some of our kids, and since we've started homeschooling, we've really found that uh, really found that to to, to even out. So, um, for us, the homeschooling has worked, worked That's very excellent.
0: well. It's quite an investment in in time. Yes,
1: it's cha- it is it, it's certainly challenging, and, and it has its own issues. and And we may not do that for the remainder of their career. We we don't know, but right. it's something that certainly works well when the kids are young. Um, there's obviously nothing that a, a nine-year-old is learning in math that that most adults shouldn't know or, or can easily grasp. So um, it's been something that's worked worked very well for us.
0: Now uh, you also, and I've, I've been I've been mentioning your book. I probably I, could, I should show it, and we're going to m- make some copies available. Uh, you know, glorious and free. That's that's your book. I, yeah. as I said, I, I I've read almost all of it, and uh, you you talk about. One of the summers, uh, while you were at law school, you had a summer placement at the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Canada, and I think you were involved in the Trinity Western University Law School Challenge. uh, Tell us a little bit about, you know, what that experience sort of did for you.
1: Right, so um, I was summering at the, the Adventist Church. The Adventist Church... Um, intervenes, which is a sort of a legal term for, meaning you're not a party in the case, but you're someone who has like, a, like an interest or can provide, um, you know, guidance to the court or an understanding because you're, you know, sort of come from that perspective. So the, uh, this particular case infringed on religious liberty. So, so a lot of church groups were, were involved. Okay. The Adventist church was one intervener. Right. And so we, I, I worked on drafting the, the document that was eventually submitted to the court uh, as part as, as our interveners.
0: So give the viewers that may not be aware, what was sort of the crux of the issue with the, uh, the Trinity Western?
1: Sure. So Trinity Western University is a Christian university, private Christian university in British Columbia, Canada. They uh, have been around for decades. I think the 60s is when they started. They offer a variety of programs. Uh, this part- in this particular case, they wanted to open a law school. So they have a teacher's college. They have a bunch of undergraduate uh, programs. Uh, they wanted to open a law school. They have a community covenant there. It's just a a, a nice Christian document that talks about lots of different positive things. One thing that's in that covenant, and it's been the same covenant for many decades, it says that students should not be engaging in sexual activity outside of marriage. They define marriage as uh, the the marital union between a man and a woman. Um, This is nothing new in Christianity. That's been what Christianity's been teaching for 2,000 years, Um, and the, uh, the, the provincial regulator in B.C. didn't like it. And they said, well, you know, that covenant is discriminatory. Therefore, we will not um, accredit your law school, even though the education that you're providing is great. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the curriculum. We don't like that community covenant. And, um, you know, the interesting thing is that the exact same thing had happened to the exact same school about uh, 15 years uh, prior to this, or, okay. or just slightly less than that. Um, Trinity Western, at the at the turn of the millennium around the end of uh, around 2000, year 2000 they wanted to open a teachers college they had the same community covenant the provincial accrediting authority said no you cannot do this this is discriminatory not
0: based on academic on the academic right on-
1: based on this covenant and their thought that you know they would be uh, their teachers would be discriminatory so this case was actually taken all the way up to the Supreme Court of Canada hmm. and Trinity Western won this case this was in 2001 so in, in law, there's a thing called precedent. And so typically what happens is if a court decides something on Monday, sure, they'll decide the same thing next week on Monday if it's a similar case. Yes. And so this was sort of an extreme case of precedence in the sense that it's not just a similar issue, it's the same school, the same covenant, and, and almost an identi- identical issue. Now, some of the legal arguments, they tried to, to make it different but it was unique in the sense that it was mm. literally the same school yes. same covenant so a lot of us in sort of the the uh, pro trinity western side thought that this would be a, a no brainer no brainer yeah of course uh, you know this There's has already precedent. been decided yeah. and it wasn't decided At the 50 Supreme years Court, ago yeah. it was decided you know not even 15 years ago yeah so it was so this this uh, case worked its way up through various courts in different parts of the the country because um, law schools are provincially regulated, and so each province had a decision to make about whether they would, quote unquote, accept Trinity grads oh, wow, in the, you know, to apply to their provincial law uh, societies. Right. So several provinces said that they wouldn't, and so um, the court case sort of weaved its way up. It went, uh, you know, at the entry level courts, courts of appeal, and then these cases made their way into the Supreme Court of Canada. The Supreme Court decided against. Trinity Western. And so this, this case was was happening as I was in law school. Oh, wow. And it wasn't like during a summer. It was over several years of different proceedings. Some were won, some were lost. And when I saw this decision, it really, you know, kind of rocked me because, you know, I saw all the sort of legal firepower that went in on our side and, and through other interveners. And it, it occurred to me, you know, you can have, you know, common sense, the law, um, really good people, really smart people, really good minds um, on your side, and you know the courts are are just sort of um, I'm simplifying this a little bit, but just making it up as they go along. You know, when the when the winds of culture change, they're 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 making different decisions, and there's many other things that they've done that too as well. Assisted suicide is one of them, but I saw this and it 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 had already be it had already been dawning on me, but it sort of sealed the deal in a, in a multi-year process for me that um, politics would be a better way to make certain changes in society. And so that really pushed me forward to seek to be involved in politics and try and make a difference that way. And that, uh, my involvement in that case um, was one major thing that, that turned that was me in part that
0: direction. of, that was, one of the, that was a bit of a catalyst for you to, to make that transition. Yes, it was. Well, I, we're, running, we're running out of time uh, and uh, I want to have you back next week because i want to talk specifically about your involvement with politics because there you have gotten some criticism uh that well that's not really the role for a christian right that you know uh, you didn't see jesus trying to overthrow the government so you don't have the day and so right. like just give us i mean we're gonna i want to talk sure. about this specifically next week but yes so like what's your take give me the close right. nose version on right so
1: I believe that Christians are called to be salt and light in every area of society. So yes, that means to be a pastor, but it also means to be a business leader and even to be involved in politics. We live in a country where God has given us the ability and the right to run our own country. We have the right to vote. We have the right to lead in our own country. And if Christians don't take up that calling or that mantle, then it means by default, the ungodly and the, and the downright wicked at times will be running our country. Yes. And frankly, I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think that politics is the only thing that's important. I think there's many things that are important. I don't think everybody should be involved in politics. But I think as Christians, we need to consider what does good governance look like in our country? How can we make a country that actually um, facilitates the ability of churches and Christians to be able to do God's work and a government or a country that is actively trying to suppress Christianity, trying to put churches and others under their thumb, that doesn't make it easier for us to feed the homeless, to care for the sick, to spread the gospel. That makes it harder and we have a government that is actively um, opposed to many of the things that, that Christians teach and want to do and that's a problem and Christians need to you know, stand up and do what they can to promote good governance in our country.
0: And you would think that, you know, as you mentioned earlier, a the, the bit of the winds of change, that if these freedoms for everyone are not protected and enshrined and guarded, well, the winds of change could all of a sudden tilt things in the opposite direction, right, and take freedoms away from other folks. And so you know, my freedom today to worship, you know, uh, by enshrining that, it means you will also have the freedom not to worship. Exactly. Is that, that make any sense? Yeah.
1: It does, and you know, one thing a lot of people don't understand is that the, the highest form of sort of democratic freedom that we see in the world today comes from a tradition that's been infused by very serious Christianity. And yes. That's something we can talk about next time. Yeah, i it, it, it isn't the French revolutions of the world yeah. that have brought enduring freedom; it's been the Western sort of British Christian parliamentary tradition, and that's not an accident.
0: Excellent. Well, what a, that's a perfect cliffhanger for, <laughs> for next week's program, Derek. I'm glad we we got a chance just to get to know you better. Next week we're going to have you back, and I want to go into some of these areas that, uh, y- you know, you having been being involved in politics. Our areas of concern for you for our country and we'd love to have your take on that and so thank, thank you, you for being here we're going to close our program with a word of prayer excellent yep. father in heaven we want to thank you so much that um, mm-hmm. you have granted us the liberty the freedom it mm-hmm. it it cost jesus his life on the cross to preserve that freedom father we pray for the leaders of our country may your hand be upon them May you bless them may you watch over may you guide them may they be May they be humble servants and and willing to receive guidance from you. Uh, Bless Derek and his family. Bless each and every viewer, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that moment in our program where we have what we call our book offer. On each program, we like to make a resource available to you, our viewers. And uh, uh, on today's program, we have a really special offer. Uh, Derek is making copies of his book available to us, and um, we'd love to send you his book as a gift uh, from Lessons for Living Television. Derek, tell us a little bit about what motivated you to write Glorious and Free.
1: Well, one of the other guests you've had on your show, Barry Bussey, also was involved in politics at one point, and he told me that it was very critical to get sort of my story out there in my own words otherwise somebody else would write that story for me, uh, the media and other people. So this book is, one half of it is autobiographical, so it goes through a lot of the things we spoke about today in the episode. Talks about my time in politics, my time in Ottawa. The other half is my take on the issues. So it's kind of, this is who I am, this is where I come from, this is what I believe, this is what I stand for. For people who are interested in knowing what kind of issues are at the forefront today in, in Canadian politics, Um, and want sort of a primer on them and and, and an understanding of maybe how a Christian could or should look at some of these issues, this is a great book for that.
0: Excellent. Well, as we said, we like to make this book available to you, our viewer. If you're interested in receiving this book as a gift from Lessons for Living Television, pay close attention to the information we're about to provide you.
2: To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living Television website www.l4ltv.com That's the Lessons for Living Television website www.l4ltv.com You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030 Simcoe Colon Post Office Oshawa Ontario L1G 0A3 and we would be happy to send the offer out to you That's Post Office Box 27030 Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. OPERATORS ARE STANDING BY NOW. WHILE ON OUR WEBSITE, YOU CAN LEAVE A PRAYER REQUEST, AND IF IMPRESSED TO DO SO, DONATE TO HELP KEEP THIS MINISTRY ON THE AIR. THANK YOU FOR YOUR SUPPORT.
0: WELL, WE'VE COME TO THE END OF ANOTHER LESSONS FOR LIVING TELEVISION PROGRAM. I WANT TO TAKE THIS OPPORTUNITY TO THANK OUR SPECIAL GUEST, Derek SLOAN. Derek, THANK YOU SO MUCH. WE LOOK FORWARD TO HAVING YOU BACK NEXT WEEK AS WE LOOK AT SOME OF THESE ISSUES THAT uh, OUR country is facing and so we look forward to having you with us thank you so much glad to be there oh my pleasure and we want to thank you our viewer for being with us i just want to remind you of a couple of things Uh, our our website l4ltv.com on the website you have access to all of our programs Uh, you can make a donation if you feel so inclined to help us stay on the air you can find out where we'll be appearing live instagram follow me on instagram at santos underscore bill Every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I put out a a small devotional video. Great way to start the day. I have friends that say to me, Bill, I start my day with my coffee and your video. And what a great way to start the day focused on things of heaven. Follow me on Twitter, Santos underscore Bill. Check out our Facebook page and follow us on SoundCloud. All of the programs have an audio version that is available on SoundCloud that you can download and you can carry with you. We're practically out of time. Thanks, Derek. We look forward to having you back next week. And thank you again. We hope to see you back with us next week. God bless you. We'll see you then.